2: you <laughs>
3: 2019 coming up on Roller Martin unfiltered a number of cops in Philadelphia have been fired for racist posts on Facebook and also four Chicago cops have been fired for lying to the investigation of the shooting death of Laquan McDonald we'll talk with Reddit Hudson about these stories and why it's important for police to be held accountable drama at Morehouse uh, an administrator is being accused of sexual assault by several students also a lawsuit has been filed. Several lawsuits filed against Morehouse. We'll share with you all of the details. And a Pentagon contractor threatens to kill Congresswoman Frederica Wilson of Florida. And The Lion King premieres in theaters today. The star said it Lots of black folks. And of course, another, another addition. Crazy as white people. It's time to bring the funk and roller Martin Mark on the filter.
0: Let's go. He's it. Whatever the miss, he's on it.
2: Whatever it is,
3: Philadelphia cops going to be fired as a result of racist, homophobic, and violent social media posts revealed last month by the Plain View Project. These officers were determined to be the worst offenders among 328 cops identified in the project's national database. Among the most egregious social media posts shared by Philadelphia police officers was a, was a man that read, death to Islam. Others referred to black people as thugs. An additional for officers whose posts were less violent, will get suspended for 30 days and must undergo anti-bias training. The 3,000 posts in question were uncovered by a team of researchers who spent nearly two years looking at the personal Facebook accounts of police officers from Arizona to Florida. They found officers bashing immigrants and Muslims, promoting racist stereotypes, identifying with with right-wing militia groups, and glorifying police brutality. Also, folks, in Chicago, we've been covering, of course, the case of Laquan McDonald. Now you still have fallout four Chicago police officers were fired Thursday over false or misleading statements made after the 2014 killing of Laquan McDonald by another Chicago cop. The city's police board made this decision. Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson in 2016 recommended that Sergeant Stephen Franco and officers Ricardo Viramontes, Janet Mondragon, and Daphne Sebastian be fired for violating rules of conduct after the shooting. Franco, who was the first on-the-scene supervisor in the October 2014 shooting, approved reports that contained several clear, several lies, including that Jason Van Dyke was injured by the teenager who had been carrying a knife. The other three officers, all of whom were on the scene, gave statements about the shooting and the board found that each of the three officers failed in their duty, either by outright lying or by shading the truth, which is the same as lying. Those statements were critical because they would be used by investigators to determine whether the shooting of McDonald was justified and whether a crime took place. None of the four officers fired by the police board were charged criminally. However, they were stripped of police powers and assigned to desk duty as their cases proceeded want to bring in right now Reddit Hudson, of course. Uh, we've had him on the show on numerous occasions. Uh, he, of course, is the founder of the National Coalition of Law Enforcement Officers for Justice Reform and Accountability. Uh, served, of course, uh, as a former police officer Reddit. Uh, the fact that these departments in Philly and Chicago are firing these officers uh, is a good sign, because in the case of Philadelphia, uh, these racist posts on these pages, look, that goes directly to accountability in terms of how they treat citizens.
4: Absolutely, Roland, And, and be sure, that's the tip of the iceberg, man. That study was done, and it involved, I think, four cities, departments, St. Louis, Philadelphia. I can't remember the other two. But the culture itself embraces that, man. They wouldn't have posted those things under their... Um, uh, personal social media sites and, and Facebook and everything else under their own names if they didn't know they had a receptive audience, man. And when you talk about Chicago, it's been on my mind. It reflects some progress. I think a lot of that progress has been driven by the activity at the aftermath of Ferguson and the young people who've been out around this country pressing the issue. But still, it's five years later, brother. They knew that Laquan McDonald had been murdered that night. They knew it. They were there. And
3: and, and, the, and the big thing that jumps out for me, Reddit, is, and I keep saying this, I'm a firm believer, if a cop is lying on a police report or lying in an interview, immediate termination, because you can't trust what they say. These officers were trying to cover up Jason Van Dyke's action. He laid up of course, he oh, was convicted and try. went to they prison. And, and, and we also uh, know that they, they went to a Burger King say, and, and they they erased the video. And the
4: story that they put out is the story that stands. And let's not forget, the prosecuting attorney there was in on it, Rahm Emanuel, who was in office at the time, was fully aware that that tape existed, but for the tape being produced and having an objective record of what transpired that night, Laquan McDonald is dead, and those officers go on violating other people's human rights, civil rights, and civil liberties. So, progress is being made, but we have to stay with the fight, and I continue to press the issue that... The best positioned people to force the changes we want to see and make these kinds of things consistent are those officers who are on these departments around the country. Did you see the footage of the brother who was in uniform and went to a bank? Yep. I can't. I can't remember what city is. No, no, actually,
3: at, it? no. Actually, he was in uniform. He went to the IRS he's, office. He's in uniform. Right. Man. And the and
4: he's and, the, and the, then the security guard tried to arrest him. Pulled his gun on him. He pulled his weapon on a uniformed officer. So to me, that speaks to how race impacts every aspect of law enforcement. Certainly, the way that they interact with people in the communities that you and me came from, but even how they act with their fellow officers, man. And it has to be addressed directly.
5: Well, and
3: and Reddit, when we talk about again the, these racist posts, again they did not examine, uh, you know, a hundred or two hundred. Uh, but they clearly identified, first of all, we know in St. Louis, they're being investigated, uh, those yeah. officers. Like I said, Philadelphia, Arizona, and so many others. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people keep saying, oh, a few bad apples. Well, let's see. We got four here. We got 13 here, yeah. 328 yeah. various comments. It's amazing how the few all of a sudden becomes uh, a bushel.
4: Right. There's only a few people who are still trying to maintain the fiction that this kind of issue and problem is not widespread and that it's a few bad apples. Kim Gardner, the very dynamic um, circuit attorney here in St. Louis, who has been very serious about holding police officers accountable, just added 22 more officers to the list of officers she won't even accept cases from. And of course, the backlash is there. You see what the Chicago Police Union said in the aftermath of our clear understanding that a man was murdered by police officers. And they finally hold some officers accountable five years later, the police officers union comes out and said that the board who made the decision to terminate these officers failed to media pressure and the pressure of radical police haters. That's how they responded. So let let you know there is no circumstance in which most of these unions around the country will do anything other than defend officers no matter whether they are lawless or not. So I don't think that they should be taken seriously in public discourse about the issue. All right, Reddit Hudson, Michelle, appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much. Appreciate you, Roland. All right, then.
3: I want to introduce our panel right now and talk about uh, this. Uh, both of these stories are hugely important stories. Joy, Joy Nuri, communication strategist. Dr. Bay Carter, Howard University Department of Political Science, and Eugene Craig, CEO of the Eugene Craig Organization, joining us uh, via Skype. Uh, Dr. Carter, again, I, this, this is about accountability. This is about holding people accountable, and I think for too long, officers have gotten away with these things and when you start firing people when, you, when all of a sudden, it sends a message you lie you're going to lose your job that has a chilling effect it causes other people to say, nah, I better think twice about I want to lie the next time.
6: And I absolutely think firing is important, but I would want to look at their cases. I want to know, who did they convict? Were there any cases, of other cases, where they may have lied? I mean, if this is how they're writing about the very communities they serve, I have no faith that these people were acting um, to the best of their ability and treating all citizens fairly. But I also want to know, do these people still get their pensions once they get fired? Are they going to be able to be employed in law enforcement ever again? So the firing, firing is one step, but are we going to see a case like we saw with Tamir Rice's officer who went from one police department where he didn't perform well to another police department. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm curious what this firing means for their longer term careers in law enforcement. And you know, I believe that th- there's always this story about th- there's
7: just a couple of bad apples in the bushel. But if you are a good police officer and you back up the bad police officer and then the rest of the force continues to back up the Mm -hmm. police officer, you're guilty. And I do support the fact that they should have been fired. But I agree they cannot move to one another law enforcement place and we should look at their caseload. Mm -hmm. What else we've done?
8: Yeah, look, this is, you know, the tide is finally turning, bad cops are getting fired and in mass. Um, We have to clean up these police departments. Uh, You know, I think every case that these folks have uh, been involved with needs to be examined due to the bias that they've exhibited. But more importantly, look, when when... People create when people have commit heinous crimes like sex offenses. We have a sex offense registry. We need a police offense registry, a national police offense registry, where cops that are fired are not able to go ahead and just go from one force to another. Um, yeah, and that, that's the next step here. You know, first step is getting rid of the bad officers. Next step is making sure they never police again, whether that be t- taking their police license or making them register with the uh, police offense registry.
3: All right, then, folks, let's talk about this huge story that's developing out of Atlanta. Several male Morehouse College students have posted videos of themselves on Twitter alleging they've been sexually assaulted by a male staff member at the all-male college. The explosive videos went viral. Here's one of them. All
1: right, so I'm finally ready to tell what happened. So since second semester of my freshman year, I was assaulted by a staff member at Morehouse College by the name of De- Demarcus Cruz. And um, it got to the point where like I went into a really bad depression and shit like that. And he started, like, he was kind of trying to force me to come out about my sexuality and shit like that. Um, making advances at me, um, telling me I need dick, like, comments and shit like that, right? And he told me, Another comment he made was, didn't tell your bitch ass to text me, like, if you need anything or anything like that? So these are the comments that DeMarcus made to me. I don't want to go into, like, detail of what actually happened because this video will be taking forever. But um, my freshman year, he used to do shit such as, like, hugging me, pinching on my cheeks and shit. Just predatory shit like that. So um, I never told my parents about it. I probably told, like, one or two of my friends about it and uh it's, it's really been bothering me like and I, I just started breaking down crying today because i told title 9 i reported it the day after i reported it to title 9 and she uh terrain bailey and like i said this was in the beginning of uh, 2018 terrain bailey literally like was being condescending the whole time acted like she didn't care um canceled several meetings with me never heard anything back from her comes to find out she was fired so That whole semester, plus first semester of my sophomore year, uh, I I didn't hear anything about it.
9: I am Bryson Hill. I'm a freshman at Morehouse College. And I, too, was um, sexually harassed by DeMarcus Cruz, a dean at Morehouse College. Um, During the summer uh, prior to my freshman year, I was doing a program called PSCP. And during this program was where I met uh, Dean Cruz. And he was, you know, very nice and helpful. He was trying to help me get scholarship. You know, he was really looking out for me. Um, You know, he was just looking out. I remember there were some nights where, like, he would call me at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and we would just be up talking. um, He'd be trying to help me with scholarship. But I always had noticed that he kind of, you know, treated me differently than the other students. Like, you know, he would buy me food and he would ask me like if I was good, if I needed anything. So like, you know, I really appreciated it. Um, But going into my first semester at Morehouse College, um, this is where things started to get, started to make me a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, I remember that, um, you know, one time he said to me, um you know, all the girls want your pussy, huh? Um, you know, implying that, you know, these men at Morehouse College are, you know, sexually interested in me and want to have sexual relations with me. Um, he will always, you know, try to make um jokes or try to um, you know, tell me or, you know, make he would always make references to like my sexuality and say things like, oh, well, I know whenever you get married, he was like, I don't know if you're gonna get married to a male or to a female, but whoever you marry, and he would start to laugh. Um, so, you know, always making references to my sexuality. Um, he would do those things and, you know, At one point, it was kind of a joke and it just turned to a point where it was just taken too far.
3: Morehouse College has responded to the allegations against DeMarcus Cruz, the assistant director of student services. He was placed on administrative leave and the school has opened an investigation into the accusations. Morehouse responded to our request for them to come and roll them out unfiltered with this statement. Morehouse College is expanding its sexual misconduct investigation uh, of new complaints filed against additional employees. Uh, the um, first of all, I'm just check again. Morris College is expanding its sexual misconduct investigation to include the examination of new complaints filed against additional employees. The new complaints were reported Wednesday following allegations made by students on social media. No further information is available at this time. The education and development of the men of Morehouse is our top priority and the college will take the necessary action to protect the safety of its students. The college encourages anyone who feels that they are a victim of sexual misconduct at Morehouse to come forward and call the ethics and compliance hotline at 888-299-9540. Callers should share their contact information so that a case can be properly initiated and investigated. Your contact information will be kept confidential. Morehouse's sexual misconduct policy and procedures provide for disciplinary action, including dismissal if any student, faculty, or staff member engages in inappropriate behavior. The case filed earlier this week against the Morehouse staff member is still under review. Employee remains on unpaid leave, pending the outcome of the investigation. Also, folks, in 2018, another student filed a lawsuit against Morehouse and several of its staff members claiming negligence in another alleged sexual harassment case. Now, DeCarter, I want to go to you. You teach. You're there at Howard University. We've seen these stories when it involves women. Here you have a case, all male University, uh, making the allegations. Uh, in the first video there, the young man said that he got no support from Title IX. Right. They treated, that was very indifferent uh, d- indifferent with it. Uh, that person is no longer even at the university. Uh, and uh, clearly, for them to go to social media, that means they were not getting what they needed from the university.
6: Absolutely. And I think part of the problem is the person who they would have first gone to see about these kinds of things was the very person who was victimizing these young men allegedly allegedly victimizing excuse me you're right um but to be fair morehouse colleges has faced this claim before from the women of spelman who said they did not act in the cases where they were being assaulted or allegedly assaulted by morehouse men nonetheless i think part of the problem with morehouse college and in many people, not just Morehouse College, is they see Title IX is belonging to women somehow. And if heterosexuality is the norm of your university and you don't think young men can be victimized or potentially victimized by faculty and administrators and others on campus, then you probably will take a more lackadaisical approach. In this case, like you said, This is only one case. There was another case where a young man claimed that he was being harassed by a professor and he brought a Title IX claim multiple times and nothing happened. So this is a part of a systemic problem with Morehouse, it seems at this point with their Title IX office at least.
3: If you are the Board of Trustees at Morehouse, Joy, you must be demanding answers from the administration saying, how can a number of people repeatedly go to Title IX office and nothing happens? The Board of Trustees
7: had to know about the other claims.
3: Not necessarily.
7: Not necessarily. No, I, I, okay. I, I can't make that assumption okay.
3: because, again, a claim could be made. First of all, the, a Board of Trustees, uh, that, that's actually getting into the weeds. That's actually an administrative deal. Right. Now, now the question is, did it get, was there a particular settlement? Uh, that's a whole different question. That rises, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, to a board level. But but initial claim, a Board of Trustees may, may not necessarily know.
7: But right now, you're right. They're doing an investigation. But I think one of the greatest tragedies of what this is, what's going on, is that young women and young men, there's no conversation that allows them to be safe. They go to the school, they're not safe or taken care of. The first young man who testified said he couldn't go to his parents. And that happens a lot when we're hearing the stories about women. They don't know what to do. I think we need to have a cultural conversation, Mm -hmm. just like we tell our 6 year olds if somebody touches you, beneath where your bathing suit should be. We should have a conversation and orientation, probably at high school level before that, that if this happens, these
6: are the people you tell, including calling to the police. But but, but, there, though, they do do that, right? In freshman orientation, I know at least at Howard University, there's a whole Title IX office. They come and they tell you who you're supposed to contact. The problem is people still don't feel comfortable. Well, what I was going to say next, and the next level of that orientation is to the adults. Be held accountable. You
3: cannot be the head of student activities, and you're the one allegedly doing the harassment. But but, but the thing, Eugene, that jumps out is that this is not just a question of, uh, frankly, uh, what they tell students. If you look at what took place at Baylor University, Mm -hmm. where they had a number of sexual assault claims against athletes at Baylor they said title nine failed because it was the athletic department right. mm-hmm. you also have of course the obama administration uh, who tried to beef up the rules mm-hmm. when it comes to title nine mm-hmm. then betsy devos after donald trump comes in mm-hmm. they, they basically help. get rid of yes. uh, those provisions Legs out. and what you have is you have universities that do not want uh to confront these issues that's where it is an administration a president of a university has to say there's going to be zero tolerance in ignoring yeah. Title IX claims.
8: Yeah, and I agree 100% with you. It's almost as if the universities have an inherent conflict of interest. Um, you know. Here you had uh, multiple, the students, did, the students did their part and more times than not, the students will do their part in reporting it. The issue is how is it handled after it's reported? Uh, what you're seeing with a lot of these Title IX offices is that one, they're dropping the ball, they're either ignoring the cases or just being completely negligent and and which, which is actually criminal activity. I think what probably needs to happen going, happen going forward, and it probably should be codified federal policy, is that when you have uh, uh, Title IX uh, complaints or Title IX cases open, especially ones involving sexual assault and grave sexual assault, I think they probably should be handed over to the police department and not necessarily even campus police or probably whatever the local jurisdiction is to be handled and investigated uh, because the university has an inherent conflict of interest to one, quote unquote, protect the brand and name of the university or those that are a uh, significant assets to the university like athletes.
6: Young men are alleging is true. And much of it was just inappropriate behavior, teaching our young people to understand what is inappropriate mm, grooming-style exactly. behavior. Nobody should be calling you at 2 a.m. Uh, To talk about anything personal right if it's a student in crisis and that's your job for them to call you But you shouldn't be just calling them to shoot the breeze at 2 a.m You also should never be having a sexually oriented oriented conversation
7: conversation with a student That would be inappropriate for us to have it in this panel let alone your your superior your your guide on a college campus It's an inappropriate conversation
6: Absolutely. Period. And I think that and I
7: think Roland's right. Yeah. At the president level zero tolerance
6: absolutely and i think you know this is a hard one because i think so many of these people these young men in these videos certainly felt some responsibility for what what allegedly happened to them and there is a shame that comes with it the fact that they are also young men i think we don't really have a good way in this society of talking about how young men um have a right to also be protected in certain Mm -hmm. kinds of ways because there's not really an acknowledgement of the ways in which men black boys Black Black men men are also victimized.
3: Uh, Folks, of course, we'll keep you updated on this story to see what happens uh, next. A couple members of Congress, uh, they have been targeted by individuals saying they want to kill them. First up, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson of Florida. Pentagon cybersecurity contractor has been charged with threatening to kill Congresswoman Wilson over the introduction of a bill that would require public schools to vaccinate children. Daryl Albert Varnum of Westminster, Maryland called Wilson on June 28th 2019, according to the complaint, left a voicemail threatening to kill the member if the bill was introduced. Quote, I'm going to kill your ass if you do that bill. I swear. Varnum's voicemail began. I will fucking come down and kill your fucking ass. And you're a congressperson. That's fine. I hope the fucking FBI, CIA, and everybody else hears this shit. Well, Varnum's tirade centered on the Vaccinate All Children Act, a bill introduced by Wilson in May that will require all public schools to vaccinate all their students in order to receive any federal funding. It exempts uh, from the requirement any student whose doctor certifies that a vaccination might endanger the child's health. Now, also, uh, a man, a New York man is in custody, as we speak, uh, for threatening to kill Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Uh, uh, Patrick W. uh, Carlinio. 55 of Addison, New York, was arrested Friday morning and charged uh, by a criminal complaint with threatening to assault uh, and murder uh, Omar. Apparently on March 21st, a staff member in uh, in her office received a phone call, uh, and during the call, the man identified as uh, Carlinio told the staff member, quote, do you work for the Muslim Brotherhood? Why are you working for her? Uh, she's an expletive terrorist. I'll put a bullet in her expletive skull. Well, after the phone call, she referred that to the United States Capitol Police. They began the started working with the FBI, and that man, as of today, is in custody. What you have here, Eugene, you have this level of hatred that is being targeted at these members. Donald Trump is responsible for it, and what he is doing is he is ginning folks up. Now, let's be clear. We've had other attacks members of Congress before. We had, of course, Gabby Giffords, uh, who uh, was shot, almost killed, uh, outside of a grocery store in Arizona uh, a number of years ago. You also have, of course, the shooting that took place when members of Congress were getting ready to play for a softball softball game, Mm -hmm. uh, and Congressman Steve, Steve, Steve Scalise was seriously injured. But which, but, but let me give you an example, okay? So uh, pull up my iPad, please. Uh, Daniel Dale, of course, a journalist who followed basically his whole beat as chronicling the lives of Donald Trump. <laughs> this is what he said. In consecutive comments this afternoon, Trump falsely accused Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of calling Americans garbage and falsely accused Omar of saying evil Jews. When he throws this stuff out there, his people are responding to this hatred. They are responding to this nonsense. We saw it in the rallies when he ran for office. We've seen it since. We saw it in Charlottesville. Uh, Then we saw him saying good people on both sides. Uh, And so it's not just him, but you're dealing with a climate where people feel comfortable threatening the lives of members of Congress.
8: Yeah, and it's absolutely important. It's absolutely sad, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, I mean, but this—I this, would say this goes back. Well before that, to the election of Barack Obama, is duly noted by the Secret Service that they saw a three hundred percent increase in threats against the president of the United States that they've never seen before after Barack Obama was elected. But Donald Trump uh, has inflamed his followers. Um, you know, he does pour gas on their already racist views and uh, attempts to legitimize them and keep them riled up and keep them motivated. Um, you know, he tries to find more equivalency uh, to make them feel good, so they don't feel like they're actually doing something wrong or that they are wrong. And it is putting not just the lives of a member of Congress in danger, but the lives of folk around them, the lives of folk that associate them, and, and the lives of everyday Americans that uh, could very well fall victim to uh, you know, a person not being able to attack a member of Congress or being able to attack their neighbor that they find is other or different.
6: Yeah, I mean, listen, are we surprised? I mean, even the things that that guy was saying in that voicemail to Representative Wilson, when he was like, you can get the F out, you got to, what do you say, shape up or step out or something. It sounds a lot like love it or leave it, which uh, Donald Trump has called from the Klan. I mean, I think we should expect to see more of this. I mean, Representative Omar and Ocasio-Cortez and the others, uh, Presley and others, should expect to see more of this because we have a president who said it is open season on these people, that in fact, they hate America. They hate Americans, which to me is just code for white people, because I don't think he sees other people as Americans. And that whatever you do to these people, it's totally fine, because they're not people anyway, and they should certainly shouldn't be respected.
7: I went to a speech where OAC was speaking on Wednesday night, and I have never been to a rally with members of Congress where there was Secret Service. Mm-hmm. I mean, serious Secret Service, like empty the building, they scan it. It was Secret Service. It was the local police department for a member of Congress. And in all the years I've lived in Washington, I've never seen that. And I know we had the assassination of Bobby Kennedy way back when, but I've never, in all these years, gone where there was a member of Congress, there was so much Secret Service. And so she's obviously getting some level of threat. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, and the, the, even the, in this rally, the there threats were...
3: against Cortez, the threats against Rashida Tlaib, and the threats Orhan. against Omar, mm-hmm. Elhan, the threats against Ayanna Presley, uh, And again, he singles out those four women of color and haters are responding with threats to kill them. He's right?
6: essentially put a bounty on these women. And yeah. what he's also yes. doing,
3: what he's also done is, Eugene, he keeps, he keeps, it's a pattern of what happens. So, so what happens to yesterday? Day after, of course, they had the rally in North Carolina where folks were chanting, uh, send her back. Then all of a sudden, uh, he gets pushed back from his own party, and then he disavows what they had to say. Well, uh, what does lying Trump do today? Well, then he praises the very people who he so-called disavowed yesterday. Here we go.
4: President Trump, you said Thank you were him. unhappy with the
0: chant. Um, however, the chant was just repeating no, I, you what, what you I'm, said What, what you with? said in your tweet. Do you, know Did you take un- that tweet back? You know what I'm unhappy with? I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman can hate our country. I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman can say anti-Semitic things. I'm unhappy with the fact that a congresswoman, in this case a different congresswoman, can call our country and our people garbage. That's what I'm unhappy so you're with. Not unhappy Those about people the chance. in North Carolina, that stadium was packed. It was a record crowd. And I could have filled it 10 times, as you know. Those are incredible people. Those are incredible patriots. But I'm unhappy when a congresswoman goes and says, I'm going to be the president's nightmare. She's going to be the president's nightmare. She's lucky to be where she is, let me tell you. And the things that she has said are
6: President oh,
0: Trump, said you said you were unhappy
3: with the-, the chant. Those are incredible people, incredible patriots. Mm-hmm. What happens, Eugene, is when he gets criticized, he sees the media coverage, he sees the piling on, he sees the folks holding him accountable, and then he gets mm-hmm. pissed off, and then he walks it back. This is why I kept trying to tell everybody yesterday his ass was lying when he said, oh, I disavowed. Mm-hmm. He was lying through his teeth. He lied about... Oh, he immediately started talking that's what he does he lies and he just lied again ocasio cortez has never called america garbage he is lying and and i'll say this now and i don't care if you are someone who's voting for trump you are knowingly voting for a racist you are voting for somebody who has no problem being a racist and you are comfortable with his racism eugene
8: yeah, uh, it's, his, it's his pattern. Uh yeah, he goes out, he inflames, he gets some pushback when he does. He comes back and says, Okay, I disavow, I'm gonna say what I gotta say to calm y'all down. He gets his folk to come out and say, Okay, hey, he disavowed But then the next day or two he'll come back and double down on it and then triple down like and quadruple down on it. Um while all the, while all the while, you know, you still have folk out there saying, Well, what are you talking about? He disavowed while he's still doubling down, down, quadrupling down. It's a pattern, it's what he does. And we saw it with Charlottesville, we saw it with uh you know, when he was campaigning and he would tell his folk, hey, you know, knock him out, I'll pay your legal bills. Um that's you know, so, what he does. You know, he'll 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 go through this process and then deploy Kellyanne Conway or somebody else to go out there and, and spin it up and talk it up um and and, and distract while you know he's still on Folks, If you want to see what a leader looks like, here's Angela Merkel of Germany,
3: when well, she was asked about this very issue.
8: Ja. Ich uh, distanziere mich davon entschieden und fühle mich solidarisch mit den drei attackierten Frauen. Ja. Ja. Ich distanziere mich davon entschieden und fühle mich solidarisch mit den drei attackierten Frauen.
3: Isn't it amazing that the German Chancellor (laughs) could be extremely concise? Yes, Mm -hmm. I reject his racist comments. If you have Republicans who are doing calisthenics and yoga, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out not to say something, and it shows how shameful and despicable they are, how they don't care, and the reality is their racism is also
6: tied into their public policy, Doc. Absolutely. They're more committed to white supremacy and their own racism than they are to actually saying, you know what? This was a bridge too far. Actually, everybody always said things like they were out of line, but never called it what it is. It was racist and it's dangerous. And I think more than anything, we need to call it what it is. This man is saying things and doing things that are costing people's real lives. I mean, At the border, he's also essentially said, it's open season on these people. You can kill them. With, without any any fear, because you have a president who's giving you cover to do it. They hate America. He said Ilhan Omar was married to her brother. I mean, he said the most disgusting, vile things. Because he knows it wins elections. But more importantly, these people are ready to do pipe bombs. They are ready to call in threats. They are ready to shoot these people. So this man is not just racist and crude and disgusting. He is dangerous. Joy, I
7: think that. He has now identified the crude and disgusting and racism as patriotic. Mm-hmm. He has wrapped it in the flag. We also have to understand that being a racist is patriotic, has been patriotic in this country throughout its entire existence. He's not new. He's just back saying, when he he says he wants to make America great again, he wants to take it back pre-1950, when being a racist was patriotic, to incarcerate or inter Japanese people, Mm -hmm. to hate black people, to defile women. Mm -hmm. That was patriotic. That was the American way. Mm -hmm. But those times are behind us, and we have to hold on and keep moving forward with it. But I think that I agree he's dangerous. But I also say we have to understand the
3: trajectory of history that he's actually. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. They, look, Herbert Hoover, uh, of course, Republican, led the Lily White movement of the Republican exactly. Party. You had Woodrow Wilson, Democrat, who was a violent racist, mm-hmm. showed Birth of a Nation in the White House. What right. also actually- cracks me up, though, are these clueless black conservatives who somehow, oh my God, I can't believe this thing is happening. The folks <laughs> that announced this dropped this video today. If y'all want to see an insane, stupid, uh, ridiculous, uh, sorry black conservative, Yo, listen to this brother who is just clutching his pearls because of what Trump has done.
10: I think that this this go-back comment hit a lot of us um, that support him. It hit a lot of us in the gut, I think, and I think that a lot of us of color conservatives who support the president, I talked to a lot of my friends and we're still trying to, to process. It just came out of left field, and this is probably one of the most... I don't know, one of the most controversial comments that ever came out of the White House. And so, I don't know, I'm still processing it myself. And I think that the president is putting a lot of us in a very precarious situation, people that would have supported him. I think the president has a base, and he has a far right-wing base, and there's a lot of white nationalists, a lot of racists, um, a lot of anti-Semites in that base. And I feel as though the president has said, okay, well, I had a small margin of African Americans, small margin of Latinos, small margin of LGBT. So what I'm gonna do is I am going to have a PR strategy um, that is, um, that's gonna, uh, PR strategy that is going to rile up the base. And so I feel like, a lot of us feel like, wow, like where, where do we fit in, you know, anymore? Do we, are we still welcome um, in this movement? Are we, st- are people of color still welcome? So a lot of us are, are still reeling from that comment. And I will tell you, A lot of my friends um, that are black conservatives, um, a lot of them have um, jumped off the Trump train. Um, They've gone over to Kamala Harris's side. They've they've gotten involved in her campaign and also Joe Biden's, certainly here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The president, uh, there's a lot of people that believed in him. There's a lot of people that believed in him. And I think that the president's got to understand that, you know, when he attacks Colin Kaepernick, uh, when he attacks Um, LeBron James, Steph Curry, you're attacking the very people that the people that you say that you're trying to reach look up to as role models. And so I think that it's up to the president. It's up to the president. Do you really want to have an inclusive campaign? Do you want to have an inclusive run? Do you want to have an inclusive administration or don't you,
3: You, Eugene, how does it feel to have to some of these dumbass black conservatives
8: who it came out of left field? What, what game has he been attending? I'm going to preface this next segment with this statement. Kevin Martin is a fucking clown. And the fact that CNN found him and used him as a model is is ridiculous within itself. I believe that larger segment was something that Van Jones had uh, hosted. The thing is this. um, You're going to see people like Kevin Martin pop their head up. What he said earlier in that segment is that Trump's statements weren't enough for him to walk away from Trump. Yeah, you know, he's a clout-chasing clown. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, feels as though he needs to go Facebook Live while driving and, you know, talk politics while he's sitting in traffic um, and is not indicative of anybody serious. Um, you know, he's been somewhat confined to Pennsylvania, I don't know anyone in Pennsylvania that actually works with him. Or Ohio, as my understanding is that he was an Ohio native before he popped up in the CNN clip. Um, but, you know, he is indicative of other folk out there. You know, he's out the diamond, the Silk Hill, the Lynn Patton Hill, and some other folk. Um, that, you know, uh, we'll just give Trump a pass for whatever and um, just let whatever rock. But he's a clown and should not be taken seriously at all.
6: All right, Doc. Well, I was gonna say, being a black conservative has nothing to do with being a Trump supporter. And I think we're conflating being a conservative with being a Republican and being a Trump supporter. No, I'm putting them all together. Well, no, (laughs) I think they're I'm putting them all together because a lot of them are supporting Trump. No, and I'm saying, if you are a Trump supporter, you're not necessarily a black conservative, You're a fool. And I think Eugene said it right the first time. I will say this, though. If it wasn't enough... In 2016 for him to talk about grabbing women by their vaginas, if it wasn't enough to talk about all of the racist uh, housing policies he pursued in New York, if it wasn't enough for all of the other things that Republicans claim they care about, for him to say you know what, maybe this isn't my guy then I don't know why this moment is the defining moment. This is nonsense. This is a person who is more committed to being a Republican than he is to actually being a person of conscience and that person actually has no place in anybody's party because I don't See how you move from a Donald Trump to a supporter to be a Kamala Harris supporter. I don't believe those people exist.
3: Joy, joy, look, Eugene called them a fraud. I've been calling all of them frauds. I went to the White House when they had their little red hat party uh, oh, w- w- with Candace Owens and her little imps, uh, and it was a joke sitting there watching them. What you have is you have a bunch of people, uh, and Eugene, you-, you met some of these folks. What they do, Joy, they simply are there for the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to hop to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. They're getting a level of attention they could not get anywhere else. They are not even well-versed on policy
7: right.
3: uh, and frankly they're idiots, right? At some point you have to stop passing
7: You can't be in that and be saying that oh, I admire Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. At some point you're trying to like you're saying social climb mm-hmm. in a community that doesn't really welcome you Because you're not welcome wherever else you were supposed to be, because you know nothing mm-hmm. but at the moment Donald Trump took out a full-page ad in the New York Times, to rail against innocent young men, and it's not apologized in the last 17 years or more, no, more than that, almost over 20, that was enough for me. That was enough for me.
3: Yeah, but 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 again, there's it's like, I'm still processing this. Right. Processing well, what? what? What the hell is that a process? It's, what? Real process- it's, it's real simple. It's real simple, what he's saying.
6: As Eugene said, And everything he says. But this is what Eugene was talking about earlier. When you talk about punching a black man in the face at your rally and saying, it's okay, I'll pay your legal get, fee. Right. That wasn't enough for you? This man doesn't respect you. He looks at you. He pities you. They're, because you're so foolish right. that you don't even understand your own interests. They're frauds. They're, and, and they have and, and that's why, campaign against them. That's why
3: That's why Eugene, that's why Candace Owens will not bring her trifling behind here to debate. That's why she's been running from me for a year. That's why Tatum, her little boy, he won't debate. That's why Charlie Kirk, her boy, he won't debate as well because they, first of all they probably saw what happened when Dinesh D'Souza came here and he, and, he, and he still is in shock and because they are frauds. That's what they are. And let me be real clear. I know real black conservatives. I know people who are black conservative who have been black conservatives for three and four and five generations. You can talk to them with some common sense and they don't defend this nonsense or say stuff like, this came out of left field. I'm still processing it, Eugene, final comment. <laughs>
8: yeah, I mean, look, what you see is this. You see a, a new crop of folk that came up when Trump came up, and the hope is that they go when Trump goes in 2021, uh, when, uh, hopefully, President Harris is sworn in. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, but there are serious black conservatives like myself, Mr. Michael Singleton, and, other, and others that, you know, Tara Satmeyer, that, that have been in the game for a while, that understand that, look, we may differ on how to forward to the black community, but at the end of the
6: day, we want the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> nonsense. All right, y'all. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about a YouTube engine, a guy working on YouTube uh, who is uh, our featured crazy-ass white people, person of the week. Oh, my God, these people are so stupid. Okay, with their nonsense. And wait till I explain, wait, wait till you hear his rationale for why he called the cops, which doesn't make any more sense when you actually hear it. That's next. Roll that's next. rollerbark unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, they're back. MarijuanaStock.org has another great investment opportunity. If you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a lot of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company. Last time, again, many of you missed it. Y'all been sending me emails, but now they have a new investment opportunity. It is as good, if not even better, than the last one. I'm talking about industrial hemp CBD. For those who don't know, the hemp plant is the cousin to marijuana with a much higher concentration of CBD, which means hemp CBD gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill passed in Congress makes it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S., creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of the plants, which makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed, high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. You can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks up to $10,000. Like I said, you don't want to miss out this time, so don't be sending me emails if you do. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game and do it now. All right, folks, this happened shortly after July 4th. And I said, you know what? Even though it happened a few weeks ago, we might as well talk about this fool in our edition of Crazy As White People.
2: No charcoal grills are allowed. I'm white. I got you, huh yeah, um, At illegally selling water without a permit. On my property. Whoa!
11: Hey! Remember, you don't
0: live? I'm uncomfortable. Friend on the call box and have them come down. They don't have to
5: do that. You could just walk away. I'm mean,
0: going to call the police. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 Call yes. the police.
5: Oh, remember that, uh, I remember this exactly happening when i used to live in my own condo and then people used to call the police all the time
0: sir i'll hold the door here for you while that you is okay
5: nobody's asking you to hold the door you can do whatever you want but i'm recording you right now and you're going to be the next person look at this
0: you don't need to threaten you just need to
5: i'm not threatening you you are I'm not threatening you're going to be the next person what you're just going to be the next person on tv just remember that, and you have your son with you. That's why I asked you. if That's your son. It's better. Let's I'll rec- I will delete go. this.
0: Yeah, there's a trespasser in my building.
5: Daddy, oh. please oh. go. Listen to your son.
0: Daddy, go. It's the better. I, I agree
6: with
11: him, Daddy. It's the better. Hey, Daddy, let's go. Please, I don't like this. I don't like He's this. He's standing in the lobby. Daddy, the I don't like this. Let's go. Please. He me through
0: the door as I left. He walked in. <laughs> I get it to the door uh, he appears to be African-American
5: Appears to be African-American
0: so, uh, 35,
5: a a software pink, engineer Pink
0: polo shirt and a Yankees
5: cap All good, Dad, all, good. all good, software engineer brother Dad. Yep. Pink polo shirt, uh, and, and tennis shoes, shoes jeans Yeah. Dad, you had to be here for when they call. him
0: He's filming me and refusing to leave And saying I'm gonna
5: person on TV. Yes, sir. You don't remember this? The girl that was like told my name he's married. Wow. You know that's illegal now, right?
0: Five ten or 0722.
5: Yeah, that's a, that's illegal to call call cops he said on African Americans. He
0: said he's waiting for a friend and I asked yes. him to dial on the call box and he said he would not So I have no way to know if his friend is actually
5: here. Yeah, so I'm here to just rob whatever, whatever, a mailbox? I'm just
0: asking you for your friend's
5: name. I don't give a fuck. I don't have to tell you shit. All right, so the guy is Christopher Kukor,
3: who works at YouTube. Now, of course, he called the police. And, of course, you heard his young son there saying, Daddy, don't do it, don't do it. He's right. Well, then he later wrote, first of all, he apologizes in his Medium.com post, and he says that the reason he did that is because he had faced a situation where his father had been killed by confronting uh, somebody who was trespassing in his building. Okay, I, I get that, but your dad confronted somebody, and you just confronted somebody. Don't you think it makes sense that if you were really concerned that this person was trespassing, that you would probably stand across the street and call the cops as opposed to actually confronting him? Okay, what ends up happening, the brother who was there, the woman, his friend, she eventually came down. And so this guy was like, well, you know, we have people who are trespassing in our building. You know what? That's why you notify building security or you notify the leasing office or whatever to say, deal with this. But this is a perfect example again uh eugene where we have white folks who are losing their mind in this country uh who think that they can question anybody black at any time and challenge us whether we're walking getting in an elevator stand waiting and waiting for a friend i mean is as if is as if we we, we we've got to... this reminds me of south africa in essence show me your papers
5: yeah.
8: Show me your yeah. papers. <laughs> I don't know who this guy, I think he is Bruce Wayne or something. Um, the thing <laughs> is this, uh, you, know, you know, he's a software engineer at YouTube, and California was sort of one of the most progressive states in the country. What we see is that, you know, it's still the same racism that you see in the South and you see in the Northeast. Um, you know, this guy, you know, hopefully he gets everything that's coming his way give him the fame and the unfortune, um, and hopefully, you know, he lost his job at YouTube because there's no place for the professional world or the non-professional world for this type of racism.
3: Uh, Doc, this is, again, we show these repeatedly because they are more and more where white folks, again, trying to challenge black folks where we we can't drive, we can't stand, we can't go to pools. Can't uh uh we, we, we can't just walk down the street. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it it's, it's we, we can't have barbecues. Mm-hmm. Is that they, they there's this whole notion that they really operate I can challenge you at any time. Mm-hmm. When you go back to Jim Crow laws, the laws were there in fact go before Jim Crow during slavery. Uh where your papers?
6: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know. Who are
3: you? Where your papers? Exactly.
6: And I think people have not gotten over the fact that somebody has a right to tell you to mind your damn business and walk away. Right. Right. And this is the other thing I think that incenses me about this. You have this little boy here who's obviously upset, and you care more about policing this black man than you do tending to right. the emotional needs of your child who is saying. Daddy, don't do this, I don't like this, let's go, we don't have to do this, because like you said, if this was about the trauma from your father's unfortunate murder, and I sympathize with the Kukor family, why would you confront this man? Right. Why wouldn't you, like you said, go down the street or go back in the house with your son somewhere safe and move away from the man? You are less than two feet from this man talking about you're scared of this man and what he may do. Well,
7: Doc, he wasn't afraid. Of course he wasn't, but it this is what he's saying now. arrogance and privilege, mm-hmm. and him having command over the black man. Tannehousie calls talks about mm-hmm. command over a black man's body and existence. That was more important, uh, it was teaching his son this is how we operate. Right. Also, you know? But did you
6: notice his son is not all white, right? I mean, his wife is Asian. So he's teaching his son who may not actually have the same access right. to the very privilege that he enjoys as right. a well-to-do white man in this space. But he thinks he can pass that down to his son. Uh, Right, which this, he hasn't picked up. Let's just be real clear right. for
3: me, okay? If you white, you, you can't ask me a damn thing.
6: No. You
3: try to, you try to challenge me. I'm like, I, I, I remember I was in it was a restaurant in Houston. I was meeting some friends for lunch, and I walked in, and I literally, I got linen on, linen paint, linen shirt, some sandals, and I'm and I'm walking, and and uh, this white guy looks up, and it was with two women. He says, uh, "Uh, uh, we need some water. I said, who the hell are you talking to? I don't work here. You know, and then I was in another, I'll never forget, I was in another, uh, I was in a store, uh, in it was a diligence in in uh, Arlington, Texas it was after church. So I'm sitting here, I'm dressed, looking clean. Yeah. And so I'm sitting looking at some suits and this guy goes uh uh, he goes, uh, I need a 42. I said, Shit, I need a 46. <laughs> I said, Do you see a damn badge on my uniform? I said, Matter of fact, look at the folks who work here. They don't dress as clean as I do. Right. I said, Next time you ask me to look for a damn badge before you ask somebody for a size. Bro, when I walked into. I a don't restaurant. care. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm cuss you
7: Right. I walked into a restaurant here in Washington, an upscale restaurant in Washington, with a white friend of mine. She and I walked up to the Mayor D's, and there was somebody ahead of us. She and I are talking. And so when it became our turn, We both walked to the maitre d's table, and she gave her name, because the the reservation was in her name, and she says, oh, this is for two. When your other party arrives, let me know. And I was standing right (laughs) there. Can't even see you. No, I, you, this woman couldn't you possibly be with me.
3: Yeah, they would have got cussed out. Yeah. They, 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 I'm just letting y'all know they would have got
7: cussed out. Right. <laughs> letting y'all know. This is I, me, I, this is no, I was, like, I was like,
6: they like got, got cussed out. But this is right, what right, this "Can the... I help you?" is like these days, right? right? This "Can I help you?" because I really want to be of assistance. And the "Can I help you?" Uh, at, what are you doing at, here? No, it's I ain't gonna play around with these people. I'm telling you
3: right now. I'm just letting y'all know right now, okay? Y'all see the video of me cussing somebody white out? For me, parking or barbecuing or standing right. around, I'm just, I'm just letting y'all <laughs> just know breathing. in advance right. how this is gonna go down. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All
8: right,
3: y'all. Oh, you damn right. You damn right. <laughs> right. Yeah, real damn God free. God. All right, y'all. It's time for another edition of our American Workers segment, brought to you by FSCME.
11: people that I talk to, a lot of them are scared. Losing your eyesight can be a very scary experience. My job is to help them start the process of getting the resources they need to live a full and healthy life. I'm Cynthia King, and I'm a senior therapist program assistant for the New Jersey Commission for the Blind and Visioning Impaired. I've been doing this specific job for 18 years, but I've been in public service for 28 years. When a consumer calls in, I am the first person that they speak with and I provide them with the information that is needed. I ask the individual, can you kind of tell me, because of your vision loss, what problems are you experiencing? And then a lot of times, that'll usually open it up to say, well, you know what? I used to really enjoy reading, and I'm not able to read my books anymore, or I used to love to cook, and I can't see the buttons on my stove. Then we can come out and do a home assessment to determine if there are any technical aids, or any techniques that we can assist them with so that they can be able to maintain some of their independence.
2: Cynthia is a very caring, loving person. You can hear her on the phone talking to the clients and you hear the passion in her voice. She gives her all to you.
11: When I first started, we didn't have the health care that we have now. We didn't have. The salary and the income that we have now. When we went through a rough time during a reduction in force, that's ensured that fairness and seniority secured my job. Our clients are going through a traumatic change when you lose your vision, losing your independence, but Cindy always seems to find a way to to make them comfortable. Her friendly tone, her demeanor opens the door up for them to say, well, yeah, send a rehab teacher out here. I want to meet with them. mobility instructor. is because of the way she handles their initial conversation. I've done this job for so long because I love what I do and I love helping others. This job has been so rewarding for me on every aspect in my life and the joy of knowing that I have helped someone to continue on their journey.
3: And we sure appreciate AFSCME for being a partner here at Roller Barton Unfiltered. All right, y'all. Final story Lion King premieres today in theaters. Uh, The cast includes Beyonce, Donald Glover, James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa. The film is tracking to earn about 150 million bucks in the U.S. over the weekend. Uh, Here, of course, uh, you have director Jon Favreau. Uh, some of the cast. Uh, they were talking about uh, the film and well, the importance of it. Now, look, I'm just letting y'all know. My wife probably don't go see with my two nieces. I ain't doing it. I don't watch animated films. Just letting y'all know. I don't. <laughs> okay. I de- it's not hey, animated. That, same damn thing. Okay. Same damn thing. Okay. It's, it's a kid animals. film. Yeah. It's CGI. I mean, you I, don't I, watch CGI. It's CGI. Animals? It's animated. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't do those things. But anyway, here's John Favreau.
0: those notches one day i'm going to get it i don't out. know why it's so important to you With this film, we wanted to honor the past, but we also wanted to do something
11: fresh.
9: Part of that is casting. You're going to love it here. This place is amazing. I really love The Lion King, so I feel really blessed to be a part of it.
11: It was just crazy
2: getting such an iconic role. Let's do this. I was super excited. John gave JD and I so much freedom to create that great relationship between young Nala and young Simba.
6: Pinja! Pinja! You owe me an apology. Yeah, scene
0: fifty-five. Let's just play around with it. For an animator, what's incredibly valuable is the performance of the actor. So instead of doing motion capture, we wanted to film the actors performing together as much as possible. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Hakuna. Most people get a bigger reaction when we say it in the first. Okay. So we got a very human performance at the heart of this very technical film. It's a lion! Run for your life! How much research did I do? I've been living as a meerkat for about four years now, but I still kept my phone. Who is the brains of this operation? I researched how hyenas and lions actually don't like each other at all. That's perfect, because I am starving. If you're asking me whether I lived as a bird for six months, no.
8: Sire, hyenas in the
6: Pride Land.
0: All I have is this voice, louder or softer. (laughs) The cast is just amazing, and we're very excited to have Beyoncé as Nala. Where have you
11: been? (laughs) And I think it's very important that Mr. James L. Jones came back for The Voice of Mufasa.
9: Remember who you are. This has been a really incredible experience. I don't think there has been anything
0: made this way before. It's just beautiful. You see? He lives in you. It's wonderful to have the tremendous opportunity to bring something fresh and new and different while still maintaining the spirit of the original Lion King.
3: Oh, y'all check it out alright folks that's it for us Roller Mart Unfiltered Eugene thanks a bunch uh, Eugene you gonna see the movie? yeah I'm gonna see
8: the movie I'm in to first first I'm in there bro. and listen you know we all yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. yeah
3: turn the Skype okay, off also turn.
8: on the other thing I don't understand how they did not cast the Zana or the Migos for the hyenas they are all, all naturally playing that role in real life
3: you done? <laughs> Doc, you going to see the movie?
6: Probably not. No. Um, but Joy, I'm you going to see it? Video. No.
3: you lying. You know you going to see it,
6: <laughs> no, I'm going you, out. You to, yeah, right You now.
3: know, Doc, I'm going to see it. All right, y'all. Uh, my nieces. Yeah, knock yourself out. I'm not. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, my man, Wendell Owens, uh, I'm going to be, uh, uh, Wendell Hasses, I'm going to be with him this weekend. Of course, uh, he has uh, his annual golf tournament. Looking forward to it. The original T Classic. And so what he does is he supports... Um, he supports supports uh young golfers, uh, helping them out. Now, they, they started today uh with well, a two-day tournament for a group of black women who are actually on a professional golf tour. Uh, and so they're competing for ten thousand bucks, and so we're looking forward to that. And so I'll be with them. Also, don't forget, folks, this Sunday, I'm gonna first be on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos. Oh, of all the weeks
5: mm-hmm.
3: y'all they want me on is this one. I might wear a dashiki. <laughs> After all the crap Donald Trump said this week, my goodness. Uh, and so uh, check your local listings for ABC This Week with George Stephanopoulos. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Beginning Sunday night, be sure to tune into Roller Unfiltered. We're we'll gonna be live streaming from the NAACP convention in Detroit. Uh, I will be there on Monday, of course. Uh, Leon Russell, the chair, he speaks on Sunday. Derek, uh, Derek Jackson, of course, he is the uh, seat president and CEO. He gives his speech on Monday. Speaker Nancy Pelosi speaking on Monday. On Wednesday, uh, you're going to have uh, the candidates form. A number of candidates are going to be speaking there as well. We'll be covering that, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And so, we'll be live uh, from Detroit on Monday. Then, of course, I'm at the Alpha Convention in, uh, Thursday in Vegas, and then Friday National Urban League for Town Hall there as well. So, pretty busy week uh, next week. Folks, if you want to support Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, your dollars go to, uh, for us to cover all these different events. Uh, please go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com The join I Bring the Funk Fan Club. You can pay uh, via Cash App, PayPal, Square, anyway. Uh, if you want to sit a check as well. Just send me an email. But it, it better not bounce. <laughs> it better not bounce. Uh, so again, uh, and so as we always do every Friday, uh, we close the show of course, uh, running a list of all the folks who are donors to our, our uh, Bring the Funk fan club because they make this possible. That is to be independent and unfiltered. That's the only way we like it. Alright folks, y'all have a
2: good weekend. Holla!